0: Uh, Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, and we're going to do a lot of talking today with you, the audience, 877-381-3811 on this Friday. You know, uh, when I was on with Hannity last night on the Fox News Network, and I spoke, I, I, I seem to recall off the top of my head it was between 9.25 and 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time. I was followed by the President. And I remained in the chair with the airpiece in and earpiece in rather, and I was listening to him. And I said to myself, he sounds a little tired to me. He sounds a little tired. Now he was stoic and he certainly had the energy to to conduct the interview, but he sounded a little tired to me. In fact, I went upstairs and said that to my wife. She remembers. And then at about uh, 1, 1.30 in the morning, I can't remember exactly, she went, oh, no, and woke me up. I said, what are you talking about? She said, the president has the virus. Now, you immediately worry about something like this because he's 74 years old. And I've looked at the data and I've looked at the statistics. And I don't want you to be nervous because that said, uh, the data is very strong for recovery. But everybody reacts differently to this virus. Excuse me. Now, you know, there's a lot going on out there. Uh, The president, as I speak... uh, Uh, His presidential helicopter is there on the South Lawn. He's going to be going to Walter Reed Medical Facility. I spoke to somebody very high up in the chain in the White House, and uh, they told me that, uh, I said, is he okay? He said, yes, it's a precaution. I also see reports that he had has fatigued and a slight fever and a cough, which are the obviously early uh, characteristics of this virus for many people. He's not going to Walter Reed to get on a ventilator or anything of the sort. As I understand it, they have a suite of presidential offices there for the president to do his business. But they also have the cutting-edge equipment and the top doctors there, Um in case something should begin to take place and they can monitor him constantly and very, very closely. So that's all a a very good thing. You know, despite this virus, despite this virus, really since the end of January, as best as we can tell, this president has been remarkable. This president has worked 20 hours every day Dealing with challenges many presidents never have to confront. Certainly a pandemic, an economic collapse. Meeting over the period of the last six or eight months with thousands of people. To get a vaccine, to get therapeutics, <clears throat> to make sure ventilators are built. To try and get PPEs in the right hands, too open medical beds and medical facilities in areas where they thought they would need them to try and get funding focused on health care and so forth, rather than so much of the rest of it. So he's met with foreign leaders. He's had peace plans. He's so worried about the economy and focused on the economy He's accomplished an enormous amount since this pandemic uh, really revealed itself in this country. He really has. Nominated for three Nobel Peace Prizes. And in the course of this period of time, I think I've met with the president three or four times. Including my interview 15 days ago for the Fox show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, where we did a full hour. And I want to assure you of something, because I'm hearing something that is very troubling to me. This president took the science and does very, very seriously. The social distancing, anybody came too close to him, he would ask them to step back. The masks, I've seen him wear a mask in situations where you need to wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask all the time. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Last summer, my wife and I were invited to join him <clears throat> excuse me. In, uh, in Florida. We were already down there at his country club. It was a great honor. And whenever I'm there, he says, Mark, sit next to me. Mark, sit next to me. And, and those who know the president far better than I, in the middle of the table, whenever he eats and wherever he eats, is a bowl of commercial-grade hand sanitizers, wet ones. You can smell them across the table. Across the table. And he would always tell us, go ahead and use it. When he would shake a lot of hands, he would always wash his hands. He, was, he had, I won't call it a fetish, but he was really quite aware of all this, well ahead of his time. He even, mentioned, <laughs> he even told us a joke. He said, you know, once when uh, Bill Clinton was president, and I, I forget all the details. I guess he was in New York, and uh, Clinton had been shaking a lot of hands. And, uh, and Trump had been shaking my hands, and he said, and we went to McDonald's. As you know, they both like McDonald's, as do I, although I need to like it less and less. And he said, uh, you know, I had my, uh, he didn't call them wet ones, whatever they are, whatever you call them. That's a brand name. In my pocket, and I, you know, I cleaned my hands, hand sanitizer. And he said, and Bill didn't. And Bill's, you know, chowing down on whatever it is, a Big Mac. And he said, I couldn't believe it. You know, you can catch something from doing that. This is before the virus. But the idea that I hear that uh, this might change the president, he might be more empathetic and so forth, this president is empathetic. What do you think Operation Warp Speed is all about? While he was being accused of, of trying to move this vaccine too fast, he couldn't be trusted, he was trying to get it done before the election... He kept telling everybody, I'm trying to save lives. Why wouldn't I? I got a lot of the useless red tape out of the way. We've got major, the best pharmaceutical corporations in the world, in the United States, working on it. I'm not in charge of the vaccine. I'm in charge of making sure people are working as hard as they can to get this thing done. And he's been proud of his effort. Same with the therapeutics. The bureaucracy is resistant. His opposition is exploitive. And yet he keeps pressing and keeps pressing. He wants to get it done. He wants to get the vaccines done to save lives. He would tell me that. In fact, when I interviewed him, you remember, and it aired, what, two Sundays ago? That's what he said. I want to get this thing done. I want to get it up and working. And so the president was very mindful of the science. The president was very mindful of uh, social distancing and wearing masks and everything. But the other thing he was mindful, liberty, the Constitution, other health and mental illnesses that result if you move too far in one direction and you don't balance things out properly. And it's very easy for people to say he should have done this and he should have done that. And of course, in this uh, hyper political period, you hear this endlessly. You should have acted earlier and so forth. And done what exactly? They didn't even understand this virus. The top science in the country didn't understand. And do what exactly? He's a very compassionate man. He's an incredibly smart man. He's a workaholic. And during the outbreak of this virus, meeting with hundreds if not thousands of industry and science leaders, medicine and pharmaceutical experts, foreign leaders, members of Congress, on and on and on, even when it comes to the election, he's a man of the people. He's trying to earn the vote of the people. He cannot rely on the press because the press is unreliable. The press hate him so he's trying to go over their heads. He's trying to go to the people the way Reagan did in his own way. Trump's trying to do in his own way. He loves being with the people. But even more than that. He's been one of the most active and successful presidents ever. And even since this pandemic, he doesn't waste a day of his presidency. Not a day. Not a day. And so he was willing to put his health on the line with all the precautions. His own personal health on the line. To do everything he could as President of the United States. Take treatments to deal with this virus as quickly as possible. Push the bureaucracy to get moving. To try and get the economy open, as you know, he doesn't shut the economy, trying to persuade governors, okay, follow the social requirements, but we've got to get people to work. There are other health issues that we must pay attention to here. There's suicide, there's depression, there's uh, family abuse. People are putting off, uh, going to the doctor, putting off procedures, and so some of them are dying from Maladies that they wouldn't otherwise die from. You have to weigh those things when you're president of the United States. And he did and he does. The idea that after this, God willing, he comes through as a changed man is absurd. Changed from what? From the narrative and the caricature that they put out there? No. Not at all. So I'm told that he's going to Walter Reed, quote, abundance of caution, as everybody's saying, that there's a whole suite there that he can work as president from. He'll be there a few days. Uh, This virus can take a bad turn. It can take it very quickly. You know, the president has also said to me, as he said to the public, and he said to other people, I've had several friends who've died from this virus. And it bothered him a lot. A lot. One of them was apparently a real estate buddy of his. Extremely wealthy. He was overweight, he told me. And he said he called me one day and he said, Mr. President, and and the president jokes, he says, you know, they used to call me, hey, Donald, but now it's Mr. President. And I would tell him, you don't have to call me Mr. President. He said, no, 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 I do. Mr. President... And I'm in the hospital. I have a, you know, the symptoms are like a flu, but but I should be out of here in a few days. And that man died in 72 hours. And he said to me, "What do you said to other bees? He said, "You know, Mark, this isn't the flu. The flu kills a lot of people, but one's not like the other. This isn't the flu." He has always taken this very, very seriously. Very very seriously. All right. Looks like uh, the presidential helicopter now is leaving the South Lawn, Mr. Producer. I didn't see the president get in. Did you? Looks like it was uh, blocking the uh, entry level. Uh, and I think they he got into the hospital. Excuse me, into the helicopter, and they're off to the hospital. Uh, I didn't see any, uh, I didn't see the president, I didn't see thumbs up, people were making predictions. I I don't like all the speculation beforehand. And uh, off off he goes to Walter Reed. We'll be right back.
2: Mark Levin.
0: Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other. Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. want to correct myself because the images of the president coming out of the White House were taped and delayed. Uh, He did walk out of the White House. He gave a thumbs up. He didn't comment. Um, Let us not forget the First Lady also has this virus. She did not head off to uh, Walter Reed. And it is uh, quite dramatic. And we're going to try and stick with the facts. We're not going to get into speculation. Our goal here is not is not to move this one way or another. Our goal is to try and figure out what's going on as best as we can. I'm not interested in getting ahead of the curve. I'm just interested in, as the information, the factual information comes in, relaying it to you. I'm also interested in what your feelings are, what your thoughts are. I mean, we are, really. A month before an election in which we select the President of the United States, um... We can also talk about what you think the impact of that will be. Because it, it crosses our minds. We all know that. Um, we already have Democrats saying that we should not go forward with the Supreme Court hearings and nomination because of the president's illness. The president already nominated Amy Coney Barrett. I do not appreciate it when the Democrats are looking for opportunities to exploit. Uh, they should proceed with governance. That's the job of the Senate. That's why they're there. I'll be right back. Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do... That our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other. Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now. Hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on Earth, America, and share it with others. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Liberty's Voice,
1: Mark
0: Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. You know, throughout this pandemic, and even before, Dr. Mark Siegel's kind of been America's doctor. And I wanted to go to Mark Siegel, who I've come to know and I consider a friend. And uh, Mark, I'd like you to tell us, what is going on right now?
3: Well, one thing that's going on is, I wish I was a little more sure that we were going to come together as a people and say, the leader of the free world is sick. He's hurt, and we need to rally around him and wish him well. How dare anybody be not doing that? Mm -hmm. It would be a sign of our times if we can't wish the president well. That's for starters. Secondly, and I and I just covered in the mark mark I just covered with that the whole idea of blaming him for his illness or any of that nonsense that's going on. But on on top of that, we have to understand that what's happening is he's going into Walter Reed. As a precaution,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because he's over 70, so that we can monitor him closely, so that we can check his oxygen levels. We can monitor, make sure the God forbid, no blood clots occur. This is precautionary medicine in someone of his age who's come down with COVID-19. It's not a sign of anything other than caution.
0: What uh, People are talking about a cocktail of medicines they gave him. What's that all about?
3: Well, I like that. So, So they put him on aspirin because aspirin is something that is somewhat effective against blood clots, and blood clotting is a, is a side effect of COVID-19 that's very devastating. If he had the blood clots, they'd use something stronger, like a blood thinner, but the, but the aspirin is a good starting place. We don't know for sure, but we believe it helps. They're putting him on Pepsid, which is a stomach medication, because studies have shown that when you're on Pepsid, you're less likely to get a severe case, probably because acid helps COVID-19 get into the body. Mm. They're putting him on antibodies, monoclonal antibodies, a a cocktail of two of them. Those are synthetic antibodies that help protect us against the the amount of virulence of COVID-19 that the SARS-CoV-2 virus starts to replicate. And we're starting to see studies just this past week that these antibodies may decrease that. That's a, that's a very, very good idea. Mm-hmm. They're also giving him melatonin to help him sleep because it doesn't suppress breathing. That's a good idea. Zinc is an antiviral that's been known for centuries to be an antiviral, probably has some effect against COVID-19. That's a good idea. Vitamin D, we have found that vitamin D deficiency is more common in people that have severe outcomes with COVID-19. All of that is, is why he's on that cocktail.
0: So it's not not like an emergency cocktail or emergency level right now. These are all intended to manage it and try and keep the virus under control in the early stages, right?
3: Exactly. it's, It's the president saying to the country, here's where we are. I got the courage to be out front on these things. I'm trying things that are being scientifically tested, that are looking promising. And I'm going to tell you how it works for me. I know this president. He's going to come out. With courage, you know. You know, I like to say as a practicing physician, you know, when you learn about a person, Mark, hmm. when they're ill. Yeah. But per- when a person is ill and how they affect how they approach their illness, that's when you learn about a person. And you I know, know what we're going to learn about him.
0: We. He has some fatigue. We've been told and a slight fever. Uh, I'm not going to speculate. I'm going to, need to deal with the facts again. That is. Pretty typical early on with this virus, correct?
3: Very common uh, with this virus early on. Mm-hmm. And fatigue and, and, and some cough uh, and some fever, very, very, very classic symptoms of this virus. They don't predict, by the way, that he's going to have a severe case at all. Mm-hmm. It's just characteristic. It shows that the diagnosis is correct.
0: And, in fact, even at this age, uh, when you look at the data put up by the CDC, I mean, you have 95% of the people who, uh, who go through this, could be a little ugly or maybe not, and come through the other end, correct?
3: And that's the vast majority of people. For people over the age of 70, we're finding that about 95% of them make re- recover. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the age we worry about, but 95% recover. So the chances are extremely high that he's going to make a full recovery here.
0: I just want people to understand, you know, you interviewed the president, I interviewed him, actually I consider him a friend, my wife and I have seen him several times, he is very conscious of social distancing, of wearing masks, of keeping your hands clean, I mean, people, people are talking like he just doesn't believe in any of this, that's simply not true, what is your experience?
3: He certainly believes in social distancing. He certainly, if anything, he's a germaphobe. He's very careful about washing his hands, keeping his hands clean. And I think the point he's trying to make and has been trying to make is that masks have a place. Mm -hmm. Masks are something you would use if you happen to be in close confines with someone where you don't have any other way to protect yourself. I think that masks are extremely useful. But have you noticed how many people walk around thinking, got that mask, hanging off my chin, can't get sick? How's that helping anybody? Can't get sick. That dirty mask hanging off your chin can't get sick as they come up right close to you. Mm -hmm. So masks have a purpose, and I think the president knows that.
0: And what should we be watching for here? Obviously, various reports, but we need to be careful about all the speculation, don't we?
3: Right, and I like that we're getting messaging coming out of the White House that's very straightforward from the president's physician, who I also know well. I've spoken to him several times about non not, not the president, about other cases, about other people. You know, th- that's how you really learn about a doctor. He's a very caring, thorough, meticulous doctor. We're getting information coming from him. I'm watching things like oxygenation. I want to know how his oxygenation levels are doing. I want to know how his, you know, overall fever is doing, fatigue is doing, things like that. And, again, I'm always watching alpha blood clots. They can actually do a simple blood test, by the way. They can do a simple blood test to make sure that he's not forming blood clots. They're going to be doing that at Walter Reed.
0: Mm -hmm. And people need to understand he's not going to be bedridden. I mean, he's got desks there. They have a whole presidential operation going on there. They're all set up for this.
3: Well, and, and he's got a suite there. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, people shouldn't, shouldn't think he's in a, an, in, in a, an extremist or anything. I mean, it, he's a suite. He's got his own office there. He's probably going to continue to work right from Walter Reed, but it will allow the kind of monitoring that I'm mentioning to go on. Heart mm-hmm. monitoring, oxygen monitoring, blood tests can be done. Every organ of the body can be monitored while he continues to run the country. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you do a fantastic job, Dr. Mark Siegel. And we're going to have you back very, very shortly uh, to talk about other things as well. Keep up the good work. God bless you, my friend.
3: Thank you, Mark. And you've been very good to me. You're a great guy. Thanks for having good me.
0: Good man. Take care of yourself. So just, just keep your emotions under control. You know, uh, the two people in, in uh, our family here who are the earliest Trump supporters, Mr. Producer, I think you know this my daughter and my late father and my daughter's here and she's pretty upset and i'm trying to explain to her I, right now just you know just just stay focused stick with the facts uh she was a big, <laughs> she was a big fan of the apprentice i told the president that once on the air when i interviewed him so he loves my daughter but my father who also liked ted cruz but he really liked Trump. And you know, my father uh, had signed up for World War II and everything, and during that bruising primary, bruising primary, he would listen to me on the radio every night, as with my mother. And one night he calls me and he says, Hey, Mark, I said, Yeah, Pops. Why don't you get off Trump's back? He didn't use the word back, actually. I said, what's going on, Pop? She said, okay, I understand. It's tough. But you're a little rough on him. From that night forward, I pulled back. I didn't change my views. I I always tell you exactly what I'm thinking. Exactly what I'm thinking. And again, I've told the president that story. So my daughter and my father, and they loved Ted Cruz, too. Don't get me wrong. But there was something about Trump they really liked. And uh, and you see it now. You see it now. So what we're going to do here, I have a little bit of news here and there that relates to this. Some may not. I want to cover But I also want to take your calls uh, if you want to talk about this, if you have any thoughts about this. And don't be afraid to talk about the election. We have the election. It's staring us in the face. And it's just, As the president says, it's the most important election, one of them in history, and certainly in our lifetime. And um, there's a little bit of good news. The most recent poll by IBD slash TIPP, this isn't some backbencher poll, of likely voters, and that's the key, not just registered voters. After the debate, after Tuesday night's debate, The president of the United States picked up three points against Biden. The national post-debate poll has Biden at 49 and Trump at 46. So for all the criticism, all the attacks from the media, from the Democrats, even some within the Republican Party, Trump did not lose ground, he gained ground, 49 to 46 percent. And I think in part that's due to Biden. Remember I told you that little anecdote about my neighbor down the street who's not really involved in politics? He could have voted for a Democrat, and he wanted to see what Biden had to say on that debate and where he stood. And when it was over, he wasn't focused on Trump. He already knew all about the president. He already knew how the, how the president responds to people who attack him and interrupt him. He, he wasn't even interested in that. He said, Biden never gave me a reason to vote for him, so I'm not. I'm going to vote for Trump. You heard that from the BET billionaire. Johnson, I believe his name is. Pretty much said the same thing. Biden doesn't tell me why I should vote for him. He's thrown Molotov cocktails, but he doesn't tell me why I should vote for him. So I'm not. Very, very interesting. I'll be right back.
2: love, in.
0: Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's Levin for Hillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now before the president left the White House to get on the helicopter for Walter Reed, he he taped a short video, and we will play the audio of what he's telling you, the American people. Go.
1: I want to thank everybody for the tremendous support. I'm going to Walter Reed Hospital. I think I'm doing very well, but we're going to make sure that things work out. The First Lady is doing very well. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I will never forget it. Thank
3: you.
0: And his wife, of course, does have the coronavirus, the First Lady. And, of course, he brings her up because he's a good husband. That's what you do. I've got some things here I'm going to play for you that are going to upset you. I'm not going to play them all. We have a long list of media personalities, politicians, guests, who at a time like this say the most horrific things about the president. Horrific. Certain things put certain things in perspective, don't they? We have a truly... Corrupt Mickey Mouse media in this country. And look what they were doing the past few days. Look what they were doing. With the white supremacist stuff about the President of the United States, which he's answered over and over again, but they're trying to paint him as a white supremacist. How awful. New York Times obtains... Documents that are leaked feloniously and tries to destroy the president personally and his businesses. People take that information and lie about what's in there. You got Bob Woodward who has made literally millions and millions of dollars hawking a book. hawking a book that's filled with gossip and cheap shots, which his publisher releases close before the election for maximum impact. You have The Atlantic with four anonymous sources, accusing this president of saying, when he's in France, that a military cemetery where Marines are buried from World War I, calling them suckers and losers. Now we know that never happened. And he had 27 people on the record with their names that said it never happened. We've been chasing down this stuff for months. Russia collusion, which we now know Hillary Clinton put in place. That the Obama administration instituted. That the media went along with every step of the way. If a man who decided to run to be president of the United States, who didn't need it, extremely wealthy, famous, loved by 95% of the American people, says, I want to help my country. I want to help my country. There's things I want to do that need to be done. And he runs what's considered a long-shot campaign. There's 17 or 18 Republican uh, candidates running in the Republican primary. Many very famous. And he beats every one of them. Then he's up against Hillary Clinton, known to everybody. And she's supposed to win. It's supposed to be Obama's third term. And she loses. And she's tried to destroy him every day since. And now we know she tried to destroy him even before the general election. With the Russian spy and the and the dossier, that we had uh, bad cops in the FBI, we had uh, spies in our intelligence agencies that obviously were working for the Obama administration, the Democrat Party, and go on and on and on. We have people on TV, Joe Scarborough and his people, and so many others calling this president Hitler. 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 For weeks, if not months, we had people saying that he's a dictator, that he's going to institute martial law, that we're going to have to send him to the 82nd Airborne or the 101st and, and drag him out of the White House. They impeached him and tried to remove him, they failed. They unleashed a, a fraudulently criminal investigation against him. I guess the purpose was to indict him and put him in prison and they failed. They blame him for the coronavirus. It's it's the most outrageous thing you can imagine. It's a man who simply wants to serve his country and make things better for the American people. I'll be right back.
3: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: He's here. He's here.
0: As the president walked out to uh, the helicopter to be uh, flown to Walter Reed. Jim Acosta tweeted out the following. Trump did not stop for questions. Period. He doesn't call him President Trump. He doesn't say the president. Obviously he wasn't going to stop for questions because he's going to the hospital. Because he has the coronavirus. I just want you to understand what we're dealing with here. These truly are loathsome, loathsome people. They are so invested in the failure of this president. They so hate him. That even at a time like this, Jim Acosta tweets out, Trump did not stop for questions. Unfortunately, he's not the only one. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut, he's on TV all the time. I've looked at this guy's background. His entire background is clawing his way up the political ladder. From the State House and State Senate in Connecticut to Congress and then to the Senator that he is from Connecticut. And so the President of the United States, it's been announced, he has the coronavirus And here is Chris Murphy on CNN today. Senator Connecticut, cut one, go.
4: And I also think that you have to be you know, much more serious about the Russian threat given today's news. If President Trump can't be out there on the campaign trail for the next two weeks, then he is going to rely on his surrogates. And unfortunately, one of his surrogates is Vladimir Putin. So you are likely going to see this campaign ramped up by Russia over the next few weeks to try to substitute for the president's absence on the campaign trail. I,
0: I want you to think about what a... Mentally sick, morally bankrupt man this is. I, I don't even know what to say. This guy is a cancer on the body politic and he'll win every time because Connecticut's gone Democrat. And that's how you gotta get a guy like Richard Blumenthal, a liar about his Vietnam service. He had no Vietnam service. You'd think that would finish him off, but not, not in Connecticut. He wins by massive margins. And so here you have Chris Murphy, who should never be on television or radio again. And yet he will be constantly. Trump will rely on surrogates, and unfortunately one of his surrogates is Vladimir Putin. This has been the lie, the smear. You know, they talk about McCarthy tactics. This is like the reverse of McCarthy tactics. These are Hillary Clinton tactics. And the Democrats pick right up. Does see sound like he's compassionate? Nobody ever asked the Democrats. You don't sound compassionate. We don't hear empathy coming from you. They uh, dusted off James Clapper on MSNBC today to bring up the 25th Amendment of the United States, which, to keep it simple, would mean should the president be removed? Cut two. go.
5: Look, you worked, in the, you worked in the world of secrets, but what questions do you think need to be answered to the public right now about what you're talking about, about operations of government, about continuity of government? What do you think?
3: Well, there is a defined uh, process here for ensuring continuity of the government. Uh, there
1: is, of course, uh, the Twenty Fifth Amendment uh, right. that uh, has
3: been it hasn't well has been used in the past when presidents have been temporarily uh, incapacitated. Um, it's not quite as clear, uh, at least in my No, it's like, very
0: clear, actually, and uh, we saw what happened when Reagan was shot, and we also saw when Reagan had a operation for a uh, some cancer removed. Uh, the Vice President of the United States temporarily serves as the acting president of the United States. It's really not that complicated. It was a one time, it's not now. 25th amendment has nothing to do with this. You remove the president because he's a mental or physical inability to do his job. I mean remove him permanently. That process would take a month or two, first of all. But secondly, just look at how they treat our constitution. Look at how they treat the presidency. These are truly despicable human beings. They really are. And I use the word human beings very loosely. I've got a stack of this here from Mr. Producer. I'm not going to play them all. Stephanie Rule, is that how you pronounce her name, Mr. Producer? She's another loathsome, know-nothing buffoon on MSNBC today. And uh, she has on uh, Nancy Pelosi. Now listen to this question. Cut four, go.
6: I want to talk about the HEROES bill in a moment, but this is a very serious health threat. You are second in line for the presidency. Has the White Mm -hmm. House contacted you about the continuity of government?
0: All right, so stop. Why would the White House contact her? We have a vice president of the United States. That's number one. Number two, the president of the United States is still capable of doing his job. Just look how they continue with the coup stuff, whether it's a temporary coup, a permanent coup. They are desperate to install Nancy Pelosi Pelosi as president. Desperate. And that's one of the reasons uh, you're going to see what takes place on election night and thereafter. They are desperate to put Nancy Pelosi in the presidency. They talk about dictatorships, not leaving the White House. They want to install her. If they can't install Biden, they're going to install her. That's the goal. But this... Stephanie Rule is supposed to be a reporter or some kind of journalist. Go ahead.
7: No, they haven't. But I, that is an ongoing, not with the White House, but with the uh, the military. Quite frankly, in terms of the uh, uh, or some mm-hmm. officials. Okay, no
0: thank you. you. I, I, she gives me a head, rambling, mumbling on. There ought to be a Twenty Fifth Amendment to remove her. Quite frankly, as speaker. But you notice, absolutely no empathy, no compassion whatsoever, none. You have Don Lemon and Carl Bernstein on CNN last night. Well, I'll let you listen to this. Cut five, go.
3: Uh, Carl, in large part, uh, it's his own dere- dereliction is um, partly to blame for this. His own dereliction
0: dere- about what is partly to blame for this? You don't know anything about the president of the United States, Donnie. Not a damn thing. You've never been around him. You've never been really curious about it. All you do is smear him. You're poison. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who get this virus who are careful as hell. It's a pandemic. And it's something that cannot be completely controlled. Now, you would think you would know that being on CNN and, and the subsequent host being Fredo Cuomo with his brother. And the lousy job they did in New York. Anyway, go ahead.
3: To rallies. He chose to uh, downplay masks. He chose to not social distance. Uh, He did social
0: distance. He didn't downplay masks. He believes we're adults. He give us the information. And we'll make determinations about what we should do. He went out to rallies. He specifically went to rallies. At airport hangars. And by the way. Joe Biden was at a rally today, and he's been going to rallies. But, of course, that's beside the point. What is it that they wanted this president to do? Seriously, turn us into North Korea? Where, where do they think we get food from? Where do they think we get electricity from? And, and heat, and air conditioning, and, and clean water. And What do they think? The country has to move. It has to. It can't all be de Blasio's New York. The country has to function. And what about all the deaths that result apart from this virus when it doesn't? All the destruction that occurs. You see, guys like Don Lemon and Carl Bernstein, they don't really have to work for a living. They really don't. I don't know that they ever have. They're going to get paid no matter what. They'll eat no matter what. They'll have electricity no matter what. They, they don't contribute to it. Their families don't contribute to it. But so what? Go ahead
3: and so on and so forth but you know again it's horrible that the president has this but he chose to handle the situation. you see how
0: that works you know it's horrible the president but he's responsible so what's bernstein have to say go ahead
3: this way uh, people in the west wing in the administration saying it's frowned upon <laughs> to wear masks
8: was this inevitable
0: did somebody in the west wing mr producer say it's frowned upon to wear masks I think CNN should get us that soundbite, this obsession with masks. Let me tell you how this works. Everyone around the president is tested before they can, they can work each day around the president. Anybody who comes to see the president has to be tested before they can actually go in the Oval Office and meet the president. Everybody has to wear masks. They have quite a, quite a, 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 a regimen of things that have to be done. I know we've had to do it. Very limited on the people you can bring with you, even when you're taping for a television show. So they're making it as careful, as sanitized, as socially responsible as they can, while at the same time he's the President of the United States. We have no idea where he got this or how he got this. It could be it was around somebody, I don't know, on Air Force One who was tested, but it was a false negative. Instead, they reply. It could be something like that. So why are you dumping all over the president of the United States? This is the president that has Operation Warp Speed. He's trying to get vaccines out there to save lives, and the very same media attacks him. Ah, we can't trust it. It's Trump. Ah, it's too fast. Follow the science. Of course, it is following the science. I don't even want to hear what Bernstein has to say. But I do want you to hear John Carl at ABC News. He's the White House correspondent. And he was on The View today. I want you to listen to this. Cut six, go.
8: Sonny, the the sad truth is that we really can't, trust at face value what comes out of the White House on this. Uh, I think we have to ask the questions, uh, and we will continue to do so. Uh, we will try to verify all the answers that we get. Uh, but there's been so much misinformation uh, that, that that has that has gone out, uh, you know, about the virus, about the pandemic, um, about things like voter suppression. Uh, it, it's it's really hard to know what to believe um, and. Uh, it's a very distressing thing to say as, as a White House correspondent. Well,
0: he's a White House correspondent, ladies and gentlemen. He should be removed from his job, but he won't be, by ABC News. He's a fraud. He's an incompetent. And he's thrown in with the gang. Does he sound compassionate? It amazes me. The pre- You know, the president doesn't sound empathetic. He doesn't sound compassionate. Do any of these people sound their way to you? I've got a long list of this. That it's Trump's fault, that he didn't do this, that he didn't do. It's a virus. This is a pandemic. The President of the United States more than anybody else, he's like in a cocoon in there. You can't get in there unless you've gone through tests, unless you've, your test turns out right, unless you have masks and on and on and on. It's just not true what they're saying. He didn't tell anybody not to wear a mask. says we're a country of adults. Follow the scientific advice. Follow it. But he's President of the United States. He can't reach into each home and into each business. There's no federal law, no federal fine or jail sentence. It's up to the governors. That's just the way our system works. And yet they blame him. They can't help it. I sure as hell hope the American people will come together and reject these people. It'll almost be unbearable. Unbearable. If they're empowered further by their preferred, by their preferred party, the Democrat Party. I'll be right back.
2: Mark in:
0: I'm going to be really direct with you. If your cellular plan is with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you're simply paying way too much for the exact same coverage you would get right now with Pure Talk. So look at your cell phone bill where it shows data usage. The average person who switches to Pure Talk is using less than 4 gigs of data a month. But the big carriers are charging you for unlimited data. It's like paying for an entire row on an airplane, but only needing one seat. That's how Pure Talk saves the average person over $400 a year on their wireless service. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. So folks, switching to Pure Talk is the easiest decision you'll make today. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. That's Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA. Simply smarter wireless. There's also a canard out there that America doesn't take this virus seriously. There's no question there are people who don't take this virus seriously. But I'll bet your family's taking this virus seriously. Any business I've been to has taken this virus very seriously. Very seriously. Some school districts have taken it seriously uh, and have politicized the whole process, but there are some school districts that have handled this properly. Schools are even open. They have distancing and masks and do all, all kinds of things that are required to do. Even we kids who really don't get that sick from this virus. I see banks taking it seriously. I see retail stores, whatever's left, taking it seriously. I see the vast majority of the American people taking this seriously. So I don't really appreciate this constant, this shows you you need to take it seriously. I have masks in my glove compartment, don't you, Mr. Producer? We all have masks in our glove compartment, don't we? I have hand sanitizer in the cup holder. We contact the kids to make sure they have everything they need every few months. I got two kids with very poor immune systems. One rarely leaves the house. The other leaves the house, but under very careful conditions. This is what the president means. It's like any other health issue. You need to get checkups, you need to get your teeth checked, you need to have blood tests from now and then, uh, now and then. If your heart the chest feels funny, you need to go in and check. In other words, you give advice to the American people on what they're doing. We're pretty damn good at it. I doubt those people who have died, either from solely the virus or the virus contributing to comorbidities. I'm sure they took it seriously. So it's not a matter of taking it seriously. It's a pandemic, and it's all over the world. All over the world. I said we'd take some calls, so it's important that we do exactly that. Gene, Salisbury, Maryland, the great WMAL. Gene, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Love your
4: show. Love what you're doing. Uh, honor to speak with you. Thank I called you. because I was I was watching the news, uh, CBS, and Major Garrett, while we're seeing the picture of the helicopter, the president waiting to go, you know, to the Walter Reed. Major Garrett must have been talking about 15 or 20 minutes about how we need to have the White House brief us. We need a statement, and him and Nancy Cortez going, uh, I'm sorry, not Nancy Cortez, uh, the other one with the norma Mcdonald just going back. I, I, I don't wa-
0: i don't I don't watch the big networks go ahead
4: uh, I don't have
0: cable, so I'm stuck i It just made my blood boil, you know, and I'm thinking to myself I, I, the the White House has made statements. there's nothing else to say. What do they want them to say?
4: Yeah, well, that was before you heard the statement from the White House, uh but still, why would they even come out and ask him? Why would they take questions with the way they're treated? You know, the man is sick. He's going. Have
0: they asked Joe Biden about his health, mental and physical? Uh, Well, has Major Garrett ever gone on the network TV and say, "We need some answers to this. There's obvious issues. We need some answers." Of course not. All right, Gene. Thank you, buddy. You live in a very nice neighborhood there, Salisbury, Maryland. We're going to take more calls. We'll be right back.
1: Making conservatism great again. Dial in now,
0: 877-381-381. 3811 right, let's take some calls here. Um Rachel, Eureka California, the great K-I-N-S. Go ahead, Rachel.
9: Hi, Mark. Hi. Um, first of all, about an hour before your show started, my dad got on at 72 got up on the ladder and put our my grandpa's four-by-eight flag across the house to show that we're standing with our president. And also we uh, found, as you started your program, we found that we were all got off the couch and stood for the anthem. And oh, I
0: wonderful.
9: want you to know, and I think your dad knew this, that the Lord chose Donald Trump for president. And that's why they just can't get to him too well. And I hope that you will give me a moment. Um, I used to do a little bit of public speaking a long time ago, and my dad would have his Bible on his knee because I'd be so scared. (laughs) And he would tell me about the great cloud of witnesses. He would tell me that Grandpa Harry, who I've already told you about, uh, and his son Newton were with me standing and I wanted to read this, these four verses to the American people. Well, we're
0: not, we're not going to have time for four verses. I've got a full, full uh, board here. But you can read something, but not four verses.
9: All right. Listen, Mark. He giveth power to the faint and them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But but they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with
0: wings of eagles. That is is beautiful. That is beautiful. I want to thank you and give my best to your father, too. He raised a wonderful daughter. His grandfather raised a wonderful son, wonderful family. Got a lot of people I want to get to, as many as we can. Let's go to Cheryl, Long Beach, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA. Cheryl, how are you?
10: Fine, thank you, Mark. Uh, It's so good to be talking with you again. It's Cheryl and my mom, uh, she's a 93-year-old Holocaust survivor. Ah,
0: I remember, yep.
10: Yes, you're our favorite. We love you. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I think a couple minutes ago Obama said, like, he acknowledges um uh, for the first lady and the president what does that mean i'm acknowledging you by talking to you and you're acknowledging me that that's not the same thing as wishing let me let
0: me let me just say this now is not the time to turn to obama i don't get strength and resolve and confidence from obama so forget about him
10: right. exactly this is really i just wanted to say that you know um this is really a choice this election you were saying like what have we been feeling and what i've been feeling is that this is a choice, this election, between law and order and chaos and criminality on the other side, between the economy and all the good job numbers and, the, and we saw this morning versus going back to a lockdown and you know a, a failed economy of the last year. This is about a president who has stood by America, stood by Israel, stood by every person of religious faith and, and put us back on the world stage versus going back to the people who went on an apology tour for us. This is about putting people like Amy Coney Barrett on the supreme court and originalists versus activist judges which is what they would do which is why biden hasn't released his list and this is really about everything that you always talk about and in in your books about liberty and freedom versus going back to you know build better back what does that mean that means you know oh leftism socialism marxism all the ideologies that killed people and that never worked in this
0: well let, let me let me let me just slow you down a little bit you're so right And there's a reason why they do not talk about the 110-page manifesto. That's what I coined it, and you can hear it all over because it sounds like the Communist Manifesto, pretty damn close. Biden didn't run on it. He's not running on it. He didn't even bring it up during the debate. Uh, They're not running commercials on all the stuff that's in there, because that's what they're going to do to us. They are going to destroy this country. And Donald Trump is what stands between them and us. And they know that, too, so they're trying to destroy him. And they have thrown everything at this president. I've never seen anything like this in my life. In all the reading I've done in American history, I've never seen anything like, like this in, in my life. They've used our federal law enforcement and federal intel agencies to spy on him, to put false narratives out there as a basis for uh, warrants and criminal investigations. Um, They spent uh, two years on a criminal investigation when they didn't even have a criminal uh, predicate to investigate the president of the United States. They tried to set him up in various traps, which he luckily didn't fall for. Uh, We have a uh, House of Representatives that has, rather than legislating on behalf of the American people, has spent enormous tax resources and time trying to take this man out. They impeached him for literally nothing. And if the Democrats had had their way and Mitt Romney had had his way, he would have been removed from office for no reason. So they couldn't stop him from being elected. They tried to remove him after he was elected. And now they're doing everything humanly possible to prevent him from winning the election with chaos and anarchy in and these mail-in ballots. And, uh, and 600 lawyers, slip-and-fall lawyers to boot. This man has been treated, treated so shabbily, so shabbily. And what did he do? He dared to run. He dared to get elected. He played at fair and square while his opponents, I'll call them enemies, did everything they could, crooked, vicious, vile, to try and take him out. And you can still hear it from the press. You can still hear it from Don Lemon, Carl Bernstein, and all the rest of the reprobates, the frauds, who pretend that they're journalists and they're not. There are tens of millions of us. Who adore this president. We know what he's doing. We know what he's trying to do. We understand him. And we know he didn't need this. And he's doing it for us. And so we need to do it for him. We need to support him. We need to turn out in massive numbers and elect him. But tonight. In the next few days. What he needs from us is our prayers. Is our prayers. And what we're going to do here on this show. And I hope you'll stick with this show. Tonight. And next week, of course, and every week, is we're going to stick to the facts. Let us not forget it's the first lady also who has this virus, a lovely lady. And just the other day, the media thought they had a gotcha. Somebody taped Melania Trump, who was telling the truth about the media. And they thought they would... They would blemish her reputation. They thought they would smear her. I mean, why not? They went after the president's kids. They've gone after the president. Why not go after his wife? But don't say a damn thing about Biden or his, or his kid or his wife or anything of the sort. This family's put up with enough crap. And they need the American people to rally around them, both in prayer and in support and in our votes. Thank you for your call. Let us continue. Tracy, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, my hometown, Sirius Satellite. How are you?
6: I'm well. How are you, Mr. Levin? Okay. Thank you. I want to thank you for your wisdom and your intellectual guidance through all of the constitutional and political quagmires we've gone through and faced now as well as what we'll face in the future. Thank I you. work in Philadelphia. I have a southern accent, but I work in Philly at a major hospital. In Must Korea.
0: be South Philly. No, just kidding.
6: <laughs> That's what I tell people. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I, I work at cardiac surgery where we take care of the sickest of the sick patients with COVID. We put them on ECMO, which is basically a bedside bypass machine for the lungs to help oxygenate, oxygenate the body. What's it called I again? I mean,
0: them. I had bypass. I don't. What's it called again?
6: It's ECMO. 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 It's actually okay. It's it's uh, what we put patients on who are too sick to support their own lung system. I completely mm-hmm. echo what Dr. Spiegel said he's an amazing guy. This is exactly what the President needs he first of all, he needs the rest i'm i'm fifty one and I can't even imagine doing what this guy does every single day. The medications are appropriate, but more than anything, we have to believe in the patient in the president's resolve. We have to put faith in his physicians and medical team. It's some of the best in the world, and also put faith, as you said in the great physician. God is looking over us as well as Him, and um, we'll get—we'll all get through it. But we have to do it together. I'm one of the few conservatives in, in Philadelphia, and I, I really appreciate your leadership and everything that you're doing, as well as what you're doing for the president.
0: Well, God bless you, Tracy. We appreciate uh, appreciate your calling all of our uh, friends in Philadelphia, the great WPHT. You take care of yourself, and thank you for taking care of so many of these patients. Let us go to Liz, Alexandria, Virginia, the great WMAL. Liz, go right ahead.
10: Hi, Mark. I just want to say to our beloved president, we love you. We're praying for you. You're going to pull through this, and we appreciate everything you're doing for our country. Um, And and I would like to say one thing to you, Mark. Mm -hmm. I love hearing the national anthem played Every night on your show, uh, I can't usually stand because I'm in my car driving home from work, but I always find myself sitting up just a little bit taller. Mm. So, um, You're a good
0: lady. But, uh, <laughs> you know that. And by the way, I just want to remind people a little bit of good news. You know, everybody's been trashing the pre- not me, but everybody's been trashing the president on the Tuesday debate. Uh, he just picked up three points on Biden. It's 49-46, according to the latest serious poll. Serious meaning uh, not fraudulent poll. 49-46 nationwide, likely voters. So that, that, actually, that debate actually helped him. And I think it hurt Biden because Biden really didn't say anything. What did Biden say? Mm-hmm. Nothing. If you're listening about, you don't even know where he stands on anything.
6: Nothing of substance.
0: All right, Liz. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Let us, well, I got to take a break. We'll be right back.
2: Much In.:
0: I'm going to be really direct with you. If your cellular plan is with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you're simply paying way too much for the exact same coverage you would get right now with Pure Talk. So look at your cell phone bill where it shows data usage. The average person who switches to Pure Talk is using less than 4 gigs of data a month. But the big carriers are charging you for unlimited data. It's like paying for an entire row on an airplane, but only needing one seat. That's how Pure Talk saves the average person over $400 a year on their wireless service. Unlimited talk, text, and 2 gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. So, folks, switching to Pure Talk is the easiest decision you'll make today. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. Podcast. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L E V I N Podcast. That's Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. the callers hold on let me refresh here so i know what i'm doing there we go i just refreshed keith pittsburgh pennsylvania the great wpgp go mark big yes stand. sir big fan
1: now nothing but prayers for our president um mark i i'm from pennsylvania
0: yep okay? me too
1: the thing is is that my household has already received Nellon Dallas. Yep. My biggest fear is Nellon Dallas. And this man has fought for the last four years. He had a piece of the pie. He wants us to have a piece of the pie.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I do I do believe with all of my heart, I do believe that this man was sent by God. Because if Hillary Clinton would have got in in 16, we would not be where we're at today. The prosperity... I own a small business. For eight years, I had one truck on the road. Since Donald Trump has been in office, I've increased that to three trucks on the road. Beautiful. Jobs that I cannot fill went from 12 employees to 30. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: This man was sent by our and saver to save this country. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for him, we would not see the corruption that's in our government. We always knew it was there, but never, ever this deep. I know I haven't.
0: All right, Keith. Saying. Thank you, sir. We're hoping uh, Pennsylvania turns out. That is the areas of Pennsylvania that, that will support the president Central Pennsylvania, uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania, much of Southwestern Pennsylvania, and Northwestern Pennsylvania. We need those areas desperately. I know Pennsylvania like the back of my hand. Thank you, Keith. Now let's move around the country, Grace, Ocala, Florida. The great W.S.K.Y. Go ahead, Grace.
7: Uh, hello, Mark. I uh, first of all, Hi. I want to thank you for the past eleven years, sir. You have educated me beyond my what I can even thank express. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, f- and thank you for your unwavering support of our great president.
0: Yes, not hard.
7: No, oh, I know it. I, um, I, I knew he, the president, and Mrs. Uh, Trump had had the COVID test last night before I went to sleep. I got up to check my horses in the middle of the night, and was uh, made aware that they had tested positive. So the first thing I did was I dropped to my knees and started praying for them. Yeah. Then I started um, continuing taking care of our horses about two o'clock in the morning, and my blood started to boil as I started to imagine the vitriolic diatribe that would be flowing from the media on the leftists. And it was very, very upsetting. I went in. I I wrote a very long prayer, which I posted on several Facebook pages, encouraging people to stay positive, pray for our president. And then there was an addendum. I suggested they turn off the cable news and focus Mm -hmm. on praying and not listen to the nastiness and the bitterness.
0: Yeah, because when you particularly CNN and MSNBC, who are these people? Why do we give a damn what they say?
7: Why do we give a damn? I, I don't know. I don't.
0: I, I put them I, out there as foils to show us and, and for folks to listen to what's going on on the other side. But the who are these people? They're reprobates. They're unaccomplished. Uh, they're radicals. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're hit men and hit women. I mean, who really gives a damn?
7: Who does? None of us do. Who the hell mm. cares? I had a couple of friends posting me negative things. I said, stop it. I don't care. I am praying for a president. I believe, along with your last caller and a couple of your previous callers, that our God supernaturally intervened in 2016 to install him. He overcame so many odds with the voter election fraud from 2016. Everything they threw at him, everything that they have thrown at him has... has, Well,
0: let's hope he does it again. But I think they're going to need a little bit of help, because God also believes in free will. So we have to make this happen. And this is a time to sit back... uh, take a measure of what's going on, see what they've thrown at this man and for us to have more resolve and more energy, more motivation than ever before, ever before and as I say, you're all the Thomas Paines you're all the precinct workers you make sure your family members and your friends and your co-workers and your neighbors are ready to go because otherwise they're going to beat us we need to have a landslide, we can do this we need to have a landslide this man's in the hospital now I really believe he gave up his health to keep working at the job and do the best he could as president of the United States. So now we have to step up. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. I know why you hate the media, and you have every reason to hate the media. I know you believe the media are the enemy of the people, and trust me, you're right. I wrote a whole damn book on the thing. But there's an audio I want to play for you from this evening I just acquired of the marquee host on CNN who used to work at ABC. He also used to work for a Democrat congresswoman, and he used to also work for a handgun control ink. He is a heartless, moronic fraud, and his name is Jake Tapper. He wouldn't know the truth if it hit him between the eyes. I want you to listen to this, not to upset you, but to reinforce your concern about the media, what we're up against, and that we have to basically go around the media or over the media or under the media in order to... uh, to be victorious in November and to save this republic. Go ahead.
8: Everyone here at the lead is hoping for a full and speedy recovery for President Trump, First Lady Melania Trump, Trump aide Hope Hicks, Republican Senator Mike Lee, the as-yet-unnamed White House staffer who sits in the West Wing, and frankly, anyone out there who has contracted the deadly virus. But we must acknowledge... President Trump has refused to abide by his own administration's health experts about how to avoid contracting this disease. In recent months, and as recently as the the debate Tuesday night, the president has mocked those who wear masks, even though the CDC director has said masks may be more... What does
0: this have to do with the president getting this disease? Did he get it because he didn't wear a mask? What, What does this have to do with anything? And I've already gone through this with you in the first hour. But but what does this have to do with the president getting this disease, this this virus? He has no idea how the president got this virus. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Go ahead. When it
8: comes to saving lives. Don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him,
1: he's got a mask. He could be speaking... 200 feet away from it, he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever
8: seen. What's wrong
0: wrong with that statement? Nothing. Why doesn't he play all the clips where the President of the United States says he recommends it, but he's not going to mandate it? Why doesn't he play the clip of Fauci early on, telling the American people not to wear a mask? And he wasn't the only one. I mean, I'm so sick of this gotcha game, particularly at a time like this. There's really no reason whatsoever for there even be a CNN. CNN used to be a news cable network. That's how it got all these monopoly positions in airports from sea to shining sea. What is it now? What is it now? It, it, it is an appendage of the Democrat Party and not a very good one. We've called it that for years. That's exactly what it is. Go ahead.
8: Serious questions have been raised about the wanton disregard the Trump team has shown not only to their own supporters by continuing to hold packed rallies with no masks required, doing this for what moms. does this
0: have to do with the illness the president got? Nothing, he's been going to airports. How many people have gotten the virus as a result of attending those events at the airport? We have no idea than any. Or how many? None. This guy's never said a negative word about Cuomo or the other Democrat governors who we know put this virus in with the elderly. We know this is a fact. But Jake Tapper will never discuss this. And here we are. On the eve of when the president of the United States goes to Walter Reed Hospital just to make sure he's going to be okay, this is what we get from CNN. Go ahead.
8: But the small crowd at the debate where members of the Trump family and Trump campaign guests did not wear masks during the debate.
0: But you don't have to wear masks if you're six feet apart. That's the science. That's the great Dr. Fauci who wasn't wearing a mask, as I recall. At a stadium, remember that, Mr. Producer, a few months back? Do you even understand the science tapper? Do you even know what the hell you're talking about? It's like you. You're surrounded by cameramen, audio people, producers, directors. You're on the air speaking. You're not wearing a mask. Why? Why? What are you telling your audience not to wear a mask?
8: Go ahead. Some Trump guests, in fact, were offered masks by a Cleveland Clinic doctor only to be turned down. Now,
0: there is... So be it. So, how many people in that audience got the virus, Mr. Producer? Do we know of any? None. None. They were following the social distancing. That's why there were so many, excuse me, so few people there, and they were all distanced. Go ahead
8: evidence of disregard for the health and safety of others, even after, at least some in the White House, learned that Trump aide Hope Hicks had tested positive and was, in fact, showing symptoms.
0: What, what are you talking about? Have you ever even been in this White House and seen the president under these circumstances? I spent some time the first hour explaining it. Everybody's tested before they walk into that, that building. Everybody. I have no idea what happened in the Hope Hicks situation and so forth. Neither does Jake Tapper. But there he is on his high horse or his high jackass. You're tested for the coronavirus. If you have it, you have to leave. You still have to distance the six feet distance. People are walking around there in the West Wing with masks on. What is he talking about? Go ahead.
8: She felt ill. Even after that, President Trump flew to New Jersey, where he held a fundraiser. So what?
0: A lot of people feel ill for a lot of... Maybe she had the flu. Maybe she had something else. Maybe it could be anything. I don't understand this. So the president shouldn't go to a fundraiser because Hope Hicks was ill? And notice he has not a... A concern about Hope Hicks. Nothing. Go ahead. Did not
8: alert the Biden campaign that Hope Hicks or that President Trump
0: had tested positive. Did not alert the Biden campaign? I don't know. Is that in the medical protocol, Mr. Producer? He has to alert the Biden campaign? Go ahead. Even
8: though the Trump team's actions at the debate put the Biden team at
0: risk. No, it didn't, which is why they're not at risk. You don't even know when Hope Hicks got sick. And they don't know at the White House when she got sick. This isn't a mechanical system, a paint-by-the-numbers system. Tell me, were any of the people who work for Biden sick? I don't even mean the uh, virus. Did they have some kind of illness and they weren't sure what it was? Go ahead. And now, again this morning,
8: at the White House, which really, to be frank, is a potential hot zone of the virus.
0: Some no, the it's pre- not a potential hot zone of the virus. Ask your own reporters what they go through in order to get into that briefing room. It's not a hot zone at all. It doesn't mean it's perfect. You know, you got people coming and going, but they're testing everybody. And they're wearing masks. It's not a hot zone.
8: Go ahead. Go ahead. Some of the president's advisers
0: continued. And by the way, what he's not telling you, and he knows this, he used to work there. This president has seen thousands and thousands of people since the onset of this virus in the White House. They have passed through the White House. And there's been relatively few cases. And the cases, we have no idea if they occurred in the White House. None. None.
8: Go ahead. To not wear masks. We all sincerely wish the best for everyone. No, you don't.
0: You're a POS. You really are. You are a sleazeball. You are a propagandist. With your self-righteous, constipated look on your face at a time like this. To lie through all your teeth, all six of them. The way you're doing now is grotesque. Absolutely grotesque. President's supposed to shut down the government, he's supposed to shut down the economy, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, where most of the deaths occurred. I'm sure they're busy wearing masks in nursing homes and assisted living homes. They don't never bring any of that up because he's buddies with Fredo Cuomo and the Cuomo family, Democrats. It's really that simple. But to use this occasion, not just to lie through your teeth, but to conduct yourself this way is really appalling. And this comes from the top at CNN. And who owns CNN? AT&T. AT&T. And if you have business with AT&T, I recommend you get rid of them. We're in the process of doing that and in the process of getting rid of uh, Comcast, as a matter of fact. Because they own MSNBC and NBC. I'll be right back.
2: love in.
0: AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we, constitutional conservatives, care about. I want to remind you, folks, there is a Life, Liberty, and Levin, at least it's scheduled, to be on at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Sunday. If you can't watch it live, I hope you'll, you'll DVR it. It's a fantastic one-hour interview with uh, Ted Cruz. Um, we go over the, uh, the election, we go over the court, the Supreme Court, the Barrett nomination. Uh, we go over the mail-in voting. I mean, we cover a lot of territories. As a matter of fact, when we were finished, Ted said, boy, we covered a lot. I said, yep, that's what we do on this show. So you're going to have two uh, really constitutional scholars talking about uh, what's taking place in this country. And it's very, very important uh, before this election that I think that you watch the program. I don't think you'll uh, you'll regret it. Of course, it depends. If, uh, if all's going well, then I'm sure the program will run. So I I want you to definitely encourage you to DVR it if you can't watch it live. Definitely watch it instead of that crappy football. It's been the number one Sunday show uh, for the last like uh, six out of seven weeks or seven out of eight weeks. Not just on Fox, on all cable news. And that's because of you. It's also because of the format. I actually let the guests speak. And we have time to get into substantive areas in, uh, in very deep ways. And you're very smart and that's what you want. And I don't blame you particularly in the lead-up to the elections, So this is very important. Uh, one of the great conservatives in this country and one of the, uh, the great Supreme Court litigators in the past. And we'll have a very, very thoughtful discussion. I don't think you want to miss it. And you ought to have your kids watch it, too, I think. They'll probably learn a lot. All right, let us continue. MJ, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, XM Satellite, a Marine. How are you?
11: Fi. Mark, how are you?
0: Thank you, you too. I'm, I'm fine, thank you.
11: Sarah, listen. I spoke to you once before. My husband's with the police officer. Op- uh, he's a cop down here uh, yes. during the Parkland shooting.
2: Mm-hmm.
11: And I just wanted you to know you, you last night, I watched you on Hannity and I kind of started falling asleep after you were finished, and the president spoke. and I was just I, I was just so happy because you just hit every point. And thank then you. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I've been up ever since with what's going on with our president. And mm-hmm. I just want to send out first just absolutely my love and my support for Melania and President Donald Trump. I'm from mm-hmm. Queens, New York originally, so I get him. He's like my dad. And I'm sitting here, and all I've been doing today is praying. And I've been texting my son, who's also a Marine, so he's in his 20s, so he's like, "Hey, eh, you know, screw Biden, whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, pray for our president. I said, pray for our president, Matthew eighteen twenty, For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. For where two or three are gathered together unto my name, there am I in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. And it says it over and over again. And every single one of your callers, I completely echo it. Before this happened, sir, yesterday... I have a bad heart. I talked to you about this before. I have a Mm -hmm. pacemaker and a defibrillator, and I wasn't able to be as active as I wanted to be this year. However, yesterday I signed up to be a poll watcher because I'm in Broward County, and I'm sure everyone is familiar with Broward County. We have a history of holding up the elections. Mm
2: -hmm.
11: I also went outside when I saw him going to Walter Reed. And I put, I have two signs in my window. I put two more Trump signs in my window. And then under my American flag, I hung my 2020 Trump flag. And when I started listening to your show, I was in the backyard after having a glass of wine. And because I was, I had to take extra metoprolol for my heart. And I stood up for your Star Spangled Banner. And this country, ha- we have to fight. Forget about, oh, Biden this, Biden that. We have to unite and fight because And if the president is even listening, my goodness, the past few years just have broken my heart. I I, I always say to my husband, I want to make him cookies. I want to make him a cake. I love him so much. We almost do not deserve him. He is so wonderful. What he has done for us and what he has given up for us and how dare people treat him the way they do. And he still continued and just gave the thumbs up and everything. Just, sir, I thank you for everything you've done for supporting our president as well. I just, I absolutely love you. I love your father. God rest his soul. And
0: by the way, you would have have loved my mother too. (laughs) Well, MJ, I want to thank you for your service, your husband, for his service. And yes. And uh, again, you're a delightful lady and a patriot. And I, I want to thank you, MJ.
11: My pleasure, sir.
0: God bless you. You know, in my family, we react the same way. You heard MJ. The women of my family are exactly the same. They are patriots. They are strong. And they love this president. Love him. Whether it's my mother-in-law, Sylvia. Whether it's my wife, Julie. Whether it's my daughter, Lauren. Whether it's my stepdaughter, Jenna. They love him. So do we, right? I think so. I know so. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot US. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. AMAC.us.
1: Levin, a champion of freedom. You know,
4: you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English speaking world, Mark.
0: Call Mark at 877 381 3811. Well, we're going to continue with our effort here to take back the House of Representatives by adding 20 some solid constitutionalists and patriots and removing Nancy Pelosi as quickly as humanly possible, God willing. And one of the great candidates we have is from Kansas, Kansas 3rd Congressional District, Amanda Atkins. How are you, Amanda?
5: I am just wonderful. How are you doing this evening?
0: We are doing great. I am fine. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this.
5: Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, Well, first of all, I am a, a longtime movement conservative for 25 years. Um It all started in college for me as inspired by my own dad, um, who talked about important issues at the dinner table and encouraged us to be active in, in our in our community. Um, I also am a former two term chair of the kansas republican party um, have, I've done a lot uh, in politics and the conservative movement, but I think most important in this race right now, I'm a businesswoman and i'm I'm an entrepreneur and I work in healthcare. and so, in the midst of this economic and health care crisis. You know, I promised myself a long time ago if, if ever there was a time when there were significant gaps in the Kansas City region that I would have the courage to stand up and run. And this last cycle when Sharice Davids won, she beat Kevin Yoder, um, I, I knew that it was the right time. And I'm so glad that I did because the experience that I bring to, table, to the table as a conservative and as somebody who has worked in business and in health in the midst of the crisis we're in, I just think it's critical. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be with you. Thank you.
0: This district that you're in, tell us what kind of towns are in this district.
5: Sure, I'm happy to. So for those who don't know, Kansas 3 is a suburban urban district. Um, You know, on the suburban side of our district, Johnson County, you know, there are uh, cities like Overland Park, if people are familiar. Mm -hmm. That is actually a rather large city, it's about 200,000 people. Um, And then on the urban side, you've got Kansas City, Kansas. So very suburban, urban, uh, but the district is very, very business driven. It's very entrepreneurial. It's very educated. It's very affluent. So you just you know people have people have high expectations in a district like Kansas City. Most of them you know expect a high quality of life, um, and they 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 want leaders who are going to promote you know job creation and and growth in the economy. Uh, they have strong expectations on security and safety in the community. Um, you know, and most are raising their families. so They want high-quality education. So those are some of the issues that are important in addition to, you know, for most people, affordable health care, of course, always rises to the top.
0: Is it uh, one of these marginal districts, or how does it play out there?
5: Yeah, I would. So it, historically, uh, in terms of registration, it absolutely is a Republican district. Uh, but given some of the things, the attributes that I mentioned, um, it is. It, it has been a swing district. So, you know, Kevin Yoder was our Republican representative for four terms. Um, and then, you know, Sharice Davids came in and beat him. Now, I think that, you know, the environment had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, and I, I, I think she probably came in at a point in time where people we're feeling a little bit disengaged um, and thought, you know, America was moving in the wrong direction. But, you know, I'm the candidate now who, you know, I've, I've raised my children in the Kansas City community. I have built my business career in the Kansas City community. Um, and I'm very well known in the grassroots uh, because of all the, you know, the, the work that I've done as a Republican leader. And so I'm definitely the right candidate uh, for the time. And we have to get rid of Sharice Davids because she does not represent
0: Tell us about her.
5: So first of all, you know, let's just start with the economy. Uh, she actively campaigned against the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. So she she has been opposed to a tax relief for middle-income families. And in a state like Kansas, I mean, you're talking about that's like $1,400 per year. So it's real money. Um, In addition, of course, I'm an advocate for that and for making the individual tax rates uh, permanent, the cuts permanent. In addition, I've also been a strong advocate with President Trump for the payroll tax holiday, and and actually not just deferral, but forgiveness, because I believe that that is an opportunity for businesses to keep more of their money for a defined period of time, to invest, and for workers to as well. Uh, She's also in opposition to that. So she's been actively in opposition to tax relief but it gets even worse when it comes to issues like safety and security she has actually said and I will quote her that the police force is rooted in violence I don't know about you mark but I believe that being a police officer that serving in our military that that is a noble pursuit it is commitment to others and I absolutely stand in opposition to defunding our police and I'm actually so proud that the sheriff of the suburban side of our district, um, Calvin Hayden, endorsed me here just this week.
0: All right. Now, if people want to help Amanda Adkins, this is part of the, the effort to try and get the conservative constitutionalists in the House and to defeat Nancy Pelosi. You go to AmandaAdkins2020.com. Amanda, A-D-K-I-N-S. AmandaAdkins2020.com. Those of you who can help her anywhere in the nation because... The truth is, when they vote, it affects all of us. Anywhere in the nation, if you can help her, please do. And in her particular district, if you can help her and volunteer and so forth, that would be particularly helpful, too. Now, uh, I guess, obviously, your opponent voted for the president's impeachment. And I'm guessing your opponent votes almost down the line with Nancy Pelosi. She
5: does, 99% of the time. Again, Mm -hmm. that's not a match for a district like this, you know, based on what I've described. I mean, this is Kansas. Um, and her her belief system does, definitely does not match the district. You are right. Ninety nine percent of the time with Nancy Pelosi, and we need to get rid of her as speaker.
0: How's the uh, funding situation for each candidate?
5: Yeah, well, I, I I I am so proud that I I won my five way primary in early August um, by by eight points. Very very strong showing. You know, given my long history and commitment uh, to the Republican Party but I had to spend a million dollars in my primary. So I came out and, you know, we've been hitting it, Mark, very, very hard. Uh, But she, you know, she has a lot of money. And by the way, you know, about that time, she was already at three million dollars, and a lot of that money comes from coastal cities, so it doesn 't come from the heart of america mm-hmm. um, and she 's already put up about three million dollars you know on t v and i 'll probably be able to put up as of right now about one million so we really, really need help. I appreciate you asking that question. I absolutely believe that the message, my message for this community is the right message. It's one of prosperity. It's one of valuing the individual and the family. It's one of saying that the power needs to be in the hands of the people. That stands in stark contrast to Sharice David. So my message is right there. But ultimately, you know, I, I, in order for that message to get out, I do need help. So um, I thank you so much for asking. And for anybody who's willing to consider helping me in Kansas 3, I'd, I'd be super grateful. <laughs>
0: How do the numbers look, or do you know, or do you not know?
5: Yeah, no, we, we actually have looked at the numbers. Um, you know, I, I'm w- roughly within, you know, about seven points of her. So mm-hmm. uh, we absolutely believe that we can get there. But, again, the the, the, the need here is that my message – I have women in this district. And, by the way, in this district, a major reason why Kevin Yoder lost, it is meaningful connection with women. I am a professional woman. I'm a working mother. I have two teenage kids. You know, so I, sh- I share common interests. You know, with with women in this district. And so the key is, but we have to have enough support to be able to get out my message of growth opportunity, of accountability to results, of building a successful path for children. By the way, those are the themes of, of my race. So we need to get that message out. And I work, we're working, again, as hard as we possibly can. We're going door to door. Sharice Davids is not, by the way. She's hiding. She won't, even, she won't even debate. She won't show up anywhere. And I have said to people here, leaders, Leaders show up, and Sharice Davis, up to this point, she's just been a no-show over and over and over again, and the people here deserve so much better.
0: Seven points can be overcome with a good ground game if people just turn out on Election Day in large numbers. How is your ground game?
5: Uh, We hit thousands of doors per week and make thousands of phone calls. And I I remember, you know, some of your listeners may or may not be aware that I'm fortunate that Ted Cruz uh, endorsed me and I'm part of his 20 and 20 list. And one of the one of the things that – he asked me two things when he endorsed me. One, he said, Amanda, what kind of leader will you be in Congress? And I said, one, sir, who is high impact, because that's, just, that's the history of my professional career in politics and in business. But the second thing he asked me, because we both have kids, is do your kids go door-to-door? And I said, yes. I said, my 15-year-old son, I go door-to-door because it's the best opportunity for me to hear directly from people and understand what's important to them. But my 15-year-old son went out and knocked – probably easily a 1,000 doors before the primary on weekends. And so that is just who our family is. We're very service-oriented, uh, and that's why I'm running. It's just that important.
0: Well, we want to wish you well. The, the site is Amanda Atkins, Amanda, A-D-K-I-N-S, 2020.com. I'm putting on a Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor, and uh, we want to wish you all the best and encourage our audience to support you as strongly as possible.
5: Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate uh, the time this evening and, um, and, again, anything that people can do. Uh, you know, we have great patriots in the heart of this country, and we seek to be part of our, the change as we go forward. So I appreciate any support people may send my
0: way. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Now, Levinites, every one of these seats, every one's crucial. Everyone is crucial. These are the seats that are vulnerable. That we can take. I'm bringing one patriot to you after another. These are the seats. If she can help her, help her. Because she's getting blown out with money. But she can win that race. And by the way, speaking of Facebook. I have a decision to make, Mr. Producer. Because they keep dinging me. They keep lying. They keep accusing me of false links. From stories that are actually legitimate. You can tell how left they've moved. I have to make a decision. Whether or not I want to continue with Facebook. Uh, we don't make any money from Facebook, just so you know. They, they can't threaten, oh, we're, we're going to cut your monetization. There is no monetization. The only thing that gives me pause is some people are on Facebook and not on Twitter, or some people are in parlor and Twitter and they're not on Facebook. And so I don't necessarily want to cut a course of uh, a communication, but I really have had it. I don't need the little Gestapo hiding out in California with Facebook By the way, I skipped somebody. My granddaughter, Sloane, who's six years old, she loves Trump, too. She draws Trump signs for me. Oh, my grandson, Asher, he names everything after Trump. He has, he has a dinosaur. He calls it Dinosaur Trump. So uh, that's pretty cool. And by the way, uh, another piece of good news, unemployment rate dropped to 7.9%. It's gone from uh, to eight point four to seven point nine percent. I mean, the president has really turned the corner on the economy. We, the people, and despite the uh, situation he's in, unfortunately, uh, we ha- actually, when you look at the uh, broad horizon and the stats, we have turned the corner on the virus. Doesn't mean people will stop getting it. Some people will. Doesn't mean it won't be fatal for some people. Yes, it will. But, you know, we're only human beings. We can't snap our fingers and things get fixed, despite what you hear some politicians and freak shows on TV, uh, despite what you hear them saying. So the numbers are really uh, showing now, uh, really turning around. And, by the way, as for Joe Biden and his shtick about taxes, do you know Joe Biden made over $13 million in speeches in his book and he doesn't contribute to Obamacare taxes? Did you know that, Mr. Producer? He set up the system so he wouldn't have to. That's that uh, S-Corporation I keep talking about. Maybe more on that on Monday. We'll see how things go. I'm going to leave that right there. All right. So this weekend we'll be monitoring uh, the president's situation. We want to wish the president, his lovely wife, the first lady, Hope Hicks. Also the chairwoman of the RNC. We want to wish them and everybody else who has this uh, horrific virus. We want to wish you all the best. I just wish they would take the politics out of it, but do know that this is the president that has the vaccines working, the therapeutics working, in other words, on the table right in front of us.